Welcome to Make Mine Multiversity, the best podcast in our universe for exploring the Marvel multiverse. I'm Elias Rosner. And I'm Jake Hill. And today, by the flames of the Faultine, the Midnight Moon, and the touch that burns all who know fear, we're digging into something spooky. Excelsior. Yes, it is time. We are here. It's Spook Central. Well, we're a little late. It's November, but that's okay. Yeah, I uh, I love Spooky October Month. I just uh, declared the whole thing Spooky October Month. So I could, <laughs> I guess this is like not a unique thing that I do. Everyone loves to do Halloween really hard for a whole month. Yeah, and some people like to do it really hard for a whole three months. And some people go year-round. But... I, I could do it three months or year-round, and I kind of do do it all year round but like Mm -hmm. i really try to limit myself to october so i'm not like too much (laughs) so you don't uh, overwhelm everyone around you yeah (laughs) sorry last night your evil laughs uh no 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 i i think my evil laughs are perfected uh but utilized sparingly but Mm -hmm. uh last night i did do a horror movie double feature of uh the thing and the ring Ooh, which the thing? Uh, John Carpenter's the thing, and Gore mm. Verbinski's the ring. Ooh, oh, interesting. Yeah, two horror movies that I love, and I mean, I was pretty sleepy by the time we got through Ring to get to Thing, but I kind of loved the Ring. Huh. I've never think, seen that one. I've seen the Thing. I think's that great. The thing's got gross excellent. tendrils. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um. But so yeah, I'm very excited for for the spook season. Yeah. Well, the spook season is very. It's an exciting time, uh, and I was going to say, we, we might be talking about The Thing, but we're not, because all The Thing comics were Dark Horse. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we might be talking about Ben Grimm, The Thing. Oh, we might. Uh, but instead, we're, today we're here to kind of talk about uh, all the Marvel horror uh, comics and characters and whatnot, and, you know, kind of just see what, what we're doing with that, uh, because a lot of comics companies, and specifically Marvel, have a long history of doing horror stuff and a lot of that was kind of called and stopped be in 1956 i don't know uh, when when yeah 56 Wertham. if you're tra- yeah mm-hmm. i believe the virtum trial was 56 yeah so with frederick wortham's seduction of the innocent he went for congress basically whipped up a moral panic about how uh Spooky comics are going to corrupt the youth of the nation uh, and instituted the comics code, which, you know, had a lot of problems. Verthen's papers were, um, I don't know what to call it. It wasn't declassified, but they were made public mm-hmm. uh, in 2010. Like, they were locked up until a certain number of years after his death. So in 2010, they were made available to the public. And in his personal notes, it's very clear that his main agenda is uh, his fervent pursuit of homophobia. <laughs> And so uh, oh, man. a lot of the, the a lot of his the the alarming trend he was trying to prove was that comics will turn your kids gay and thus we need to like make all these rules to make the the comics like less gay. And um, <laughs> the comics and, are putting fluoride in the water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's like, it's like very clear from his notes. He um he has very leading questions so that uh, gay kids will be like, yeah, I like uh, I, I think Tarzan's the sexiest character. One kid said. And he, he was just like, oh, my God, we we got to do something about Tarzan. It's turning the kids gay. <laughs> um, 
So oh, Frederick Bertham, uh, more literature about him than today than ever before, and he's a terrible dude and is responsible for horror comics being like as weird and wonderful as they are. Because I really like uh, the way that the comics code like slowly crumbled in the 70s as people tried more and more ways to uh, do horror stuff. I, I think that's a really yeah. fun era. It is. It's very. It's interesting to see pre-code and then post-code starting to weaken uh, horror comics, and we'll kind of be talking about that. But uh, for anyone who is curious about just horror comics in general, track down a lot of the EC comics yes. reprints that Dark Horse is putting out. Um, those are those are classic, classic horror. Uh, kind of at its at its finest. I, I I often try to read comics from that era, and I often bounce off of them. Like I can read an issue if it's historically significant, but I, I yeah. don't end up reading like runs of Superman from the '40s or anything. I've um, done I've done the Sunday comics. I no, I don't think I can even say I've done that. But I have done a lot of EC comics. I got a collection of EC, and I just I found them so fun and like. It's really fun what they found so garish and, uh, like, boundary-pushing in the 50s. Yeah, it is interesting. But it's also interesting to see I – lo- I love a good morality play. That's why I really sure. like The Twilight Zone. Um, because e- even when the ending moral is, there is no moral, uh, we just wanted to show some, some creepy things happening, uh, there's always something that- interesting about – operating from a singular point and then creating a spooky story around it. Yeah, it's like uh, I feel like somebody should get the stack of EC Comics and then just give them to Jordan Peele's production company and just like see what comes out. Oh, that would be really cool. That would be really interesting. Aren't they doing a... No, they're not doing a Night Gallery revival. I mean, I'm sure they're taking the title of one of those old things, but I'm just talking about, like, they should just be cranking out movies based on all of those weird stories. Just pick 12 of your favorites, right? There's hundreds of them. Yeah. I love a good, a good uh, haunted house story. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a big uh, Shirley Jackson fan. So. Yeah, Shirley Jackson freaks me out. Yeah, her stuff is re- her stuff is really scary, especially when it's just, like, the suburbs. They spook <laughs> me. I don't like people. <laughs> Yeah, and that's definitely and this uh, was in the fifties. Yeah, and uh, and Dark Horse comics horror comics often take on that sort of tone, but that's not exactly how Marvel horror comics turn out. No, Marvel horror comics are quite big and bombastic, and uh, well, they 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 kind of center around creatures a lot. Uh, so, one of the questions that I kept coming back to is, what do we? consider to be you know like a horror character at marvel because obviously you've got something like dracula he's pretty quintessential horror but right what about the, but then dracula is so ubiquitous in marvel that like he appears in lots of different genres of stories in mm-hmm. captain britain in the mi-13 he built a base on the dark side of the moon where he could never see the sun and was going to destroy the world from his moon castle laser base <laughs> good comic <laughs> that's some iron sky stuff right there yeah but with dracula so it's better if there's one thing i think it's more fun to fight than nazis it's dracula yeah so like, you've got your classic characters but who, yeah. who, who would you consider from the marvel the marvel not pantheon but their characters who would you put under you know horror well, okay, so you're right. Their, their horror is usually monster-themed, and the horror characters aren't are often not in, like, horror genre stuff because the genre is usually, like, superhero. Yeah. 
but the I would say the character who is like the flagship characters of the most cool comics, uh, horror comics over the years would be Ghost Rider, mm. followed mm-hmm. closely by Blade. Uh, okay. Because Blade is like uh, the cool guy who fights the monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I know that uh, in the earliest Marvel horror comics in the 70s, you got a lot of Werewolf by Night. Mm-hmm. And I, I these days I think you're less likely to get a Werewolf by Night like a solo series, but he's always going to be showing up as a supporting character in um, Blade Comics. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ghost Rider comics happens all the time. Well, I think he's going to be. I don't know if in a, he's definitely going to be in another miniseries. Yeah, he gets a miniseries, and who knows? Maybe he'll get his own ongoing. Maybe they'll make a movie out of him. Like anything is possible in the future. Um, mm-hmm. But just in terms of like impact, Werewolf by Night kind of went from the mascot to like a a C lister. Yeah. And then I'd say in modern day, the character I've seen them pushing a lot and stuff lately, who I love, is Elsa Bloodstone. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And. Elsa Bloodstone gets to take on, like, a new genre of horror where, like, she's originally based on Buffy, but then she kind of, like, evolved past that and she's got her own weird thing going. But her horror tends to be more, like, weird Doctor Strange monsters and, um, mm-hmm. and, and like, Cthulhu demons hmm. is, like, an Elsa Bloodstone comic now. And those, I like yeah. all the Elsa Bloodstone horror stuff, even the bad stuff I like. <laughs> um, and, um... I guess I didn't mention, like, Doctor Strange, obviously, he stars in a lot of horror comics. Doctor Doom stars in a lot of horror comics. And um, and Moon Knight stars in a lot of horror comics. Although, I don't know, I'd consider the three of them, like, horror characters in the same way. Interesting. I, because I would, I would definitely put Moon Knight in that category. Granted, it's because he also debuted in Werewolf by Night. Yeah, so. and a lot of Moon Knight stories are are horror comics, but, like... The Moon Knight, the character, doesn't have to inherently be a horror. You could stick him mm. on the Avengers, you could put him on the Guardians of the Galaxy, and he could just be like, I don't know what I'm doing here while he's throwing th- uh, moon crescents. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's a good he point. He could refuse to land on planets because he only likes moons because he's Moon Knight. <sighs> that's something like the kind of shit Mark Spector would pull. That guy seems difficult yeah. to travel with. Yeah, he, especially if it was like to fuck with someone. Especially, yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I could see him do that. So. I don't know who I would consider horror characters. Because, like, I go to a lot of those classic ones, and then you've got Man-Thing. Of course, Man-Thing. Man-Thing. I, like, I would also put Doctor Strange. He really... Yeah. He, he not dabbles, but he's very tied to a lot of horror stuff, but less so now. Like, right now, he's been doing a lot of space stuff, I guess. Yeah, well, the movies do a lot of space stuff, and the comics like yeah. to follow the movies a lot of the time. That's true. Um, um, oh, I just had a name. I just had a person. It wasn't Doctor Strange, but it was another one that you might be like, why is he picking this? Oh, the Incredible Hulk. I mean, uh, if you're talking especially with a recency bias, absolutely, <laughs> right? Yeah, but like one of the inspirations he said uh, at Ewing said for Immortal Hulk was, you know, the that first issue, the first issue cover, where the Hulk is very firmly within like the Frankenstein B movie monster horror stuff. Oh yeah, uh, I absolutely. But um I mean taking it a step further though, it's interesting to think about so we talked about Vertum's trial in fifty six and mm-hmm. Stan Lee and Jack Kirby and Steve Ditko are all making comics in the fifties before uh Fantastic Four and the beginning of Marvel Comics. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them cut their teeth doing horror comics and a lot of those early Marvel comics have the rhythm and like uh uh, sensibilities of a horror story 
while but like and focus on the horror of events even while they're like so my favorite horror comic in that era of marvel is the very first issue of spider-man amazing fantasy 15 where huh. um mm-hmm. it's a morality play about this like uh self-centered young punk who lets a robber get away with some money and then the robber goes and kills his uncle but what Mm -hmm. makes it a superhero story is then he's like after this horror i witnessed i'm forever gonna go uh like avenge wrongs Mm -hmm. right but um but the, that story has all the the beats of a horror story of like a, and not any horror story like one of those ec comics we were talking about that's exactly mm-hmm. what they or like they're like twilight zone episodes in that way yeah, yeah. the very thing uh, because he ignored somebody in trouble somebody he loved got hurt because he thought it didn't matter yeah it's got that twist yeah it's got to have uh, that horror twist so a lot, I think uh, any Marvel character, not any Marvel character in, in the same way, but those early Marvel characters who were written by those guys who started in the 50s, I think all um, all have had like early formative horror elements into the what like their DNA. Yeah, I, I, I never considered, but yeah, I guess Spider-Man is an early horror character. And, it, and when uh, when Spider-Man does the horror genre, and I don't just mean like when people put serial killers in Spider-Man because uh, <laughs> that doesn't always work, but like um, when Spider when you do Craven's Last Hunt or when you do like creepy Venom stories, or when you give Spider-Man six arms, yeah, it was yeah, uh, Morbius stuff. Like mm-hmm. Spider-Man lends himself really good to like uh, monster horror, and that's I, the Marvel horror stuff more frequently than not is like you say it's like werewolf stories and vampire stories. It's like where there's like a monster that a hero that can menace the hero in a scary way, but the hero can ultimately defeat. It's not like cosmic horror. It doesn't work like ghost stories because ultimately the Marvel universe is like uh, driven by like scientists and investigators, and they're yeah. gonna get to the truth of the matter. And like a good horror ghost story, like at the end of the ring, you don't really get where the powers come from. Mm-hmm. But in a Marvel story, you would almost you certainly know, get like a big explanation. The little girl is infused with the ghost essence, which she's putting into VHS cassettes, and Mister Fantastic can siphon off the ghost energy and use it to power <laughs> up Ghost Rider. Like uh, ultimately, that's where that story would go. Yeah, and yeah. that's okay. That's you know, it's like a, they're different yeah. things. It's it's a different thing, and it kind of gets to this really interesting intersection between the the B sci-fi horror mon- like the monster and the like horror horror because it's hard to tell the difference sometimes when you go back and watch something like Donovan's Brain. I wouldn't consider that a horror movie, but it's one hundred percent one of those B monster movies or like them. Them but I've seen. I know them. It, it has all of the the not the traffic but the it feel it it could very well have been a horror movie of its time like it was meant to shock it was meant to scare uh but it's also a sci-fi tale of you know invading giant ants or a brain that comes back to life in a jar and is able to psychically mind control other people I think what you're starting to get uh, close to talking to is the dichotomy between Halloween monsters and Godzilla monsters. Huh. I guess so, yeah. Where Halloween is like an aesthetic and it's a vibe and it's like – and it's plastic fangs and it's pumpkins. um, And the creature from the Black Lagoon is like invited. But like once you start getting into like – oh, I don't know. I was thinking like Hellboy monsters, and and the example I just gave is Godzilla, where it's like a, the monster is a metaphor, and it's a cautionary tale, and the monster is like kind of st- tragically beautiful. Mm-hmm. Maybe people are the bad guy for uh, harming this monster. Those are less yeah, that's, Halloween. Yeah, that's very creature of the Black Lagoon. Yeah, um, I think those are kind of. It's like um, 
it's arbitrary and weird that we treat those two things as distinct, but we do, and I think that in like comic book aesthetics especially, that um comes up a lot. Yeah, and especially when like you talk about the Jack Kirby monsters, you don't always describe them as horror, but they are. Yeah, but, at the but same they're time, like a they're they're their gross own monsters brand from of outer space. Fantasy. Yeah, Gorg. like a yeah. Or like the Blob, or like the Day the Earth Stood Still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sci- yeah, sci-fi horror just has like a different place than a lot of like uh, fantasy horror for some yeah. reason. But it's fun. And a perfect example of that is actually the Thing. The yeah. original, the Thing from Outer Space, is a very, very classic sci-fi uh, movie. It has the Mad Scientist. It has a monster that's a little bit tragic and is kind of more of an obstacle. Like, the monster is there, but what's more scary are the people. And, and I mean, you could have... Obviously, that's a, that's a distinction without a difference, because there's a lot of horror, which is just the people are scary. <laughs> and, like... like yeah, for some that's reason, the premise that's of a... a lot of really powerful horror, horror uh, media. An enticing theme, yeah, for some reason. Yeah, but when you compare that to John Carpenter's The Thing... It's a whole different ballgame. They are based on the same story, but they tell it in, in so in such different ways. They have different archetypes, and they have a different goal and presentation. Uh, John Carpenter's The Thing is really tense and scary. Granted, that's also because you've got the B-movie aesthetics in the first one. Uh, <laughs> and 80s gore in the in the second one. But you, Did yeah. you grow up on horror movies, Elias? Not really. I am a huge baby when it comes to horror movies. To this day, you consider yourself to this a huge day. Baby? To this day, I'm I only a huge got baby. A... I always I... read the Wikipedia articles because I'm like, I don't want to watch the Friday the Thirteenth movies, but I want to know about them. And the the summaries made them sound so much better than they actually were. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's often true. But uh, I didn't uh, watch horror movies until uh, until I was older. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't start watching horror movies until college. Oh. I was scared of horror movies like anyone, but uh, I got into them later. It was because uh, ever when I was in college, that that was like the early two, 2010s. Mm-hmm. That was like a zombie mania when America couldn't oh, get enough yeah. for zombie stuff. And so just everything had zombies in it. All my friends wanted to watch zombie stuff and go to zombie movies. And eventually I started being like, well, zombies are different than horror movies. And then I'm like, why am I making this division? And then I started getting into horror movies. I'm like, oh, I just only like good movies, it turns out. And sometimes those are <laughs> horror movies. <laughs> I didn't like I didn't like these movies because they sucked. Yeah, like I, I still uh, I'm not a Friday the Thirteenth booster, but I mm. am a Nightmare on Elm Street booster. That's fair. That's fair. I guess. I, wow. But yeah, I I, I, I don't think I Freddy know ever, a lot uh, about horror movies and everything, but I have not seen very many of them. Well, but you're into horror comics, is why I asked. Like, like I Shirley am. Jackson type stuff, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. I know. I think part of it is the audio experience. Interesting. I do not like, and I, I hate jump scares for one thing. But there's something about a horror comic or a horror story that doesn't—not that it doesn't scare me as much, but that I can handle a little better. Granted, I did used to read scary stories to tell in the dark, and then would have nightmares. Well, that's because we all thought that that was safe, and we were foolish. It was yeah. cursed. But then I would go back and reread the stories because I hated myself, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> I'd be a, like, oh, but I need, I need to remember the details of the, of the 
the the woman who had the band around her neck, and then it fell off. Yeah. Or the, although I think my favorite story was the one where some kid is wandering in the graveyard and he has to stake a stake a grave, and you know it's midnight and it's dark and he's telling the story and he stakes the grave, uh, and he's then he feels this. Um, a hand reach up and grab him because it was supposedly a, a vampire's grave. Uh, and his friends the next day find him dead of fright on the gravestone with a stake in his sleeve. <laughs> and uh, like, there's something really funny about that, but there's something also really terrifying about oh, yeah. the way it's told and just the, the, this could happen to you. There's nothing supernatural about it. No, it's a great twist. It's just, uh, yeah. I love the creepypasta of it all. <laughs> it is really creepy pastas. Creepy pastas are another thing I cannot do because my my imagination runs wild. Yeah, I'm like nope. Well, and that's the the ring is very creepy pasta. So yeah. I, I, that's a horror vibe that I just like. Yeah. Are there any Marvel horror books that you're like really well acquainted with? Well, I um I have loved Ghost Rider intermittently, so I I mm-hmm. do roll a little bit deep with like strange bits of Ghost Rider continuity and mm-hmm. um. But I've never. You're right. I like. I've never been so into Blade. Um, I love some of the Moon Knight horror stuff, but I think you probably have read more Moon Knight than I have. Yeah, not that much more, unfortunately. And I've read some of the. I like. I've gone back and tried to read some of those old Werewolf by Night comics, but they didn't work for me. The old Man Thing comics are like not really. Uh, the, the the old Man Thing comics to me kind of feel like PG thirteen Swamp Thing, which is why I don't think they caught on and was the case of death. Although I know that there are people who, uh, for whom what I just said would be very controversial. Um, I mean, there was that R.L. Stein man thing one. I didn't care for that one either. It was okay. It was fun. I think R.L. Stein was one of those authors who uh, transitioned to comics the most poorly. I thought his style was very prosaic and uh, yeah. he didn't adapt at all. And that that's like uh, tough for me to read sometimes. But so I guess to answer your question, no, as I'm going through it, I don't think there's a particular horror character that I follow. I love X-Men horror stuff, and my favorite <laughs> uh, X-Men stories involve uh, Ilyana Rasputin a lot, which is often goes horror. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and I loved Inferno is like a X-Men story that I really – but yeah, there's not like a horror character that I follow. And I don't think there really is – I mean you read everything now. Yeah. I do. Um, I'm like, I, are there any? There aren't very many actual like horror books coming out. Like, we're going to be getting Darkhold. Uh, what I well, I think the ironic thing is that mm-hmm. um, Marvel has uh, intermittently tried to start and stop horror comics uh, without a lot of uh, ongoing success. It's like a real herky jerky motion. And with, yeah. uh, unlike over at DC, where Constantine has always been at a core of horror, even sometimes he's been so cool he doesn't even get to play with the superheroes. <laughs> um, but your uh, just like the Justice League Dark branding was so successful because all those comics were so cool already. Yeah. And Marvel's not really had the same ongoing success with something like that. There's this no. upcoming game as of time of recording, uh, Midnight Suns, which I am like rabid with excitement for. Did you see any buzz about this? The, a game? Yeah, a video game. No, I don't follow Marvel video games very closely. I'm going to tell you all about it off the air, but the characters it focuses. Uh, the bad guy is Lilith, and it's like a demonic threat. Um, and it's got some classic Avengers characters, but it's real heavy on the Ghost Rider and Blade and char- and supporting characters from their uh, mm-hmm. their uh, backstories. Uh, Doctor Strange seems to figure heavy- pretty heavily into the game, um, and I'm so excited for that because I want this to succeed. Like I I want I love that you can can make a good Mar- Marvel horror comic, but so often they're uh, either like forgettable Halloween candy 
and they go down real easy, and then you never think about them again. Yeah, kind of like the that Tini Howard series whose name escapes me that got canned because of COVID. Yeah, uh, that was a having like a, some fun horror times, and it went like you're saying. I can't remember the name either. It was a Strike Team, Strike Force, Strike Force. Yeah, Marvel Strike Force. I think that was the name of a cell phone game that was coming out at the same time. And then Teeny Howard's like, <laughs> I guess I'll make a horror book. I don't know what happened there. But I was reading it, and it went down real easy, and I remember nothing about it. And I think that's what the Marvel horror characters uh, lack impact a lot of the time. So yeah. I'm rooting for something like Midnight Suns to succeed. And I, every time there is a Marvel character doing a horror story, I'm going to check it out. But mm-hmm. I don't know that there's a, a character who's like uh, one of my own in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The closest for me, like I said before, would be Moon Knight. Um and I mean, we got Hulk. We've been getting that really good Immortal Hulk stuff, but I don't know if we're going to continue getting that next, uh, or if Venom is going to go back to its horror roots. Um, and it doesn't seem like uh, after Immortal Hulk ends, like it would necessarily be. It wouldn't feel right if it, just like someone tried to do the same thing. It feels like uh, it's time for Hulk to take on a new go a new go back into the microcosmos. Maybe maybe that's <laughs> that that doesn't sound appealing. You, you talk me out of it. If that's my two options, I pick. Uh, I you pick don't horror. want him to meet up with uh, with his son. I guess uh, he has whose to. Whose name we... escapes me? Uh, Hero Kala was the name oh, of yeah. that character. And if we, I had to read that miniseries. <laughs> I guess uh, Hulk has to face his son, the deadbeat. <laughs> that miniseries was so dull. Yeah, I'm so but glad I mean, that we. I remember about it. that it existed. That's true. So it's saying and that, something. That's on the one hand, that's damning with vain praise, but on the other hand, um, you do kind of are you are kind of like maybe someone should just write a good story with that character, and that's more than I feel sometimes. Yeah, I was gonna say maybe Hellstrom. Oh, how did he I leave that, out the son of that, Satan? What was that? How did I leave out the son of Satan and Satana? Um, and there was a, a couple of years where all my favorite comic writers were really trying to make Damien Hellstorm happen. He was in every yep. Kieran Gillen comic uh, in the early 2010s. <laughs> there was that um, Legion of Monsters series that featured uh, – that was drawn by Juan Doe. That was the very first issue uh, – Marvel published Marvel issue of um, the guy who at the time was known as Dennis Hopeless and now publishes under his name Dennis Halem. Yeah, I had a lot of fun with that. Ah, that's a, a good, that was a cool that, miniseries. That was a Bob too. I believe that was when um, uh, I just mentioned her. Um, Elsa Bloodstone started becoming a a much more frequently used uh, horror character. Uh, yeah, I can't think of any very many horror, and that makes me sad. It makes me sad. I want more more fun horror books from from Marvel because I mean DC's got their a brand new horror line. Come on, you got to step up, step it up. You got to guess. This is on. one of those ways that DC has always unfortunately had Marvel a little beat. Yeah, lean lean into it, guys. You've got you've got your Disney Plus series. You, I know you can do it. I mean, you tried with Hellstrom, and that was a dumpster fire. Did you watch that? I did not watch a single episode of Hellstrom. I watched all ten episodes. Did you? It were was... you reviewing it? No. Why do you do it. these things to yourself, my dude? I was curious. I was curious about the show. I was like, "Ooh, horror! Maybe I'll like it." And it was dour. And yeah, you should you watch like, one episode. You don't watch ten. No, you. It's it's only ten episodes. It was already canned. I had to finish it. <laughs> I, I made it through most the first half, and I'm like, "This is fine. It's not that bad." Uh, and then I got to episode oh, that's eight, and worst. I'm like, "Oh my god, this is what? Ho- why?" It lulled you. It was uh, just oh, good enough yeah. to keep watching. Yeah, and then the the ending, just the last three episodes, the bottom fell out. 
Oh, that sounds that sounds Ugh. brutal. I'm glad I I didn't watch this. I like Damien Hellstrom and his his. Oh mythos. no! Unfortunately, the that it was nothing like his pentagram chest, pointy red hair. No, none of that. None of the fun. This is why I'm happy they never put Mister Sinister in the, any of the X Men movies, because you know it would have just been a guy in a suit, and everyone calls him Doctor Essex. And then at the end of the movie, like uh, he goes a little pale and he gets a little diamond on his forehead, and you're just supposed to be like, "Oh my God, that's supposed to be Mister Sinister." I'm like, "Don't give me this garbage." <laughs> like what happened with the leader? Sure, although with the leader, uh, they could they were like gonna bring him back with goofy makeup. I'm guessing. Yeah, they were. It, it seemed like they were setting up for a sequel that they were doomed to never get. Yeah. But just like uh, those X-Men movies did not have the uh, the glam uh, horror majesty that Mr. Sinister requires. Mm-hmm. And that's I guess that's it. That is, um, horror requires this like element of camp and camp requires this element of like earnestness that the movies have just been because the movies are so uh, uh, focused tested Hollywood that you, you can't get that like uh, good, good campy horror vibe that you want. It, it's going to always come out like that spooky McDonald's Halloween thing. Yeah, and I like a good spooky McDonald's Halloween thing, but sure, I like you kind of yeah. I, I, oh I, my god, I love Hocus mm-hmm. Pocus. <laughs> One question before we go to break for you. Yeah, do you think the Punisher is horror? I mean, specifically I d- the Garth Ennis Max run. I don't really think that um, those comics you're talking about are horror, like those really gritty, grimy, on-the-street Punisher is a homeless guy living in a garage who's just a serial murderer, and the, mm-hmm. the comic is just like, isn't this guy pathetic? Like, and I like those comics, but I don't think they're horror in the same way that I don't think that Martin Scorsese movies are horror. Mm-hmm. Like, like they uh, are horrific? Yeah, they, they show horrific things, and they can definitely get your pulse racing with uh, tense moments. Like, there are parts of The Departed that are scary and tense, Mm-hmm. Um, but that's but it's not a horror, yeah. Genre, genre vibe. Um, mm-hmm. but then Frankencastle exists, <laughs> so Punisher is definitely horror. <laughs> Frankencastle, by the way, is a goddamn masterpiece. Is like one of the greatest horror comics Marvel has ever put out. We might have to cover that at some point because I didn't know def- this existed, and that sounds amazing. Frankencastle is so your shit too, Elias. It's definitely okay. This is going on the book club list very soon. I can't believe I didn't think of it already <laughs> for Halloween this year. Maybe next year. Maybe next year. I think. Well, because we didn't know it existed, or I didn't know it existed. I read Frankencastle as those issues were coming out. Oh my god, that's amazing. I never miss an issue of Frankencastle. The fun thing to do too, but this is obviously like one of our way too ambitious ideas, would be uh-huh. to read that. He, I think that's Rick Remender to read the entire Remender Punisher run because part of what was so glorious about that was. It, it's it's okay, but it's not really working for like 12 issues, and then he makes this insane pivot to Frankencastle, and then it becomes amazing, and just like feeling it rise from the ashes like that was the greatest feeling as someone reading those comics month to month. <laughs> amazing. So maybe, I, I just know you like stuff like oh that, so maybe God. it would be worth it to read it uh, in that crazy way. That's, that's amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think we got we got to do that at some point. Oh, this is the kind of feudal projects we love. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I might still read the dang thing outside of this. <laughs> uh, but in the meantime, uh, go on a commercial break. And then when we come back, things are going to get, uh, well, you'll see. <laughs> Ominous. Very spooky. <laughs> Hello. We're the hosts of the Multiversity Manga Club podcast. I'm Emily. I'm Zach. And I'm Walter. 
Each month, we pick a manga to read and discuss among ourselves. Past books include Monster, A Silent Voice, and Pokemon Adventures. We also look back on the past month's installments of Weekly Shonen Jump, discussing the highs and lows from the Viz Anthology. We've even discussed notable manga adaptations like Netflix's Death Note. At the end of each episode, we announce next month's book club pick so you can read along with us. We're always open to suggestions for future books as well. So join us on the first Friday of every month on MultiversityComics.com, Apple Podcasts, or your podcatcher of choice. Welcome back from the break. Uh, we are here in our Halloween spooktacular, uh, and Jake doesn't know what we're going to be doing. Uh, I mean, got I a, a bit of a very scant a, a idea. Gist, yeah, but, gist is what I would call it. Yeah. So what I did was I devised two different games, uh, and I'm going to ask anyone who's listening if you want to play along. Uh, I after I you know kind of introduce it and before Jake. Uh, starts uh, the list. Uh, you know, we'll give a bit of a pause, maybe chat a little bit uh, uh, to give you all time. That way you don't have to pause the podcast in order to make your own list. So what I did was I found a, a CBR article called The 10 Best Horror-Themed Marvel Comic Stories, published in September 28th, 2019. I was going to ask uh, you what it was published last, because, you know, I used to be a CBR contributor, and I was very scared you had dredged up some terrible listicle I had made. No, I it was one of the first ones. I'm like, this seems like fun. I like a good a good listicle for this kind of thing. And what I'm gonna have Jake do is guess what these ten best horror themed Marvel comic stories are. Now, what I thought this listicle would be before I opened it was a um a list of book titles, but no, it's mostly story arcs. Um some of those story arcs are also the titles of books, but mostly it is story arcs um so 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 i'm both trying to get so uh who wrote this article elias who put this listicle together this listicle was put together by anthony avena so i'm trying to get into the head of mr avena and try to figure out what he thinks the cbr editors think the cbr readership wants to read (laughs) when it comes to like marvel horror stuff yeah that's that's the name of the game here. And I'm well equipped to this because I used to have to write about like action figure announcements for CBR mm-hmm. and I don't collect action figures, but I had to be like, what do my editors want to pay me to write about action figures because they think this is what people want to read about action figures. Yep. Now, I will say most of these probably were ended up being the names of a trade collection that got published. Sure, that's kind of how I At some yeah, point. that's how yeah. I used to do these. <laughs> I had to do these <laughs> sorts of things. So yeah, there are 10 of them. Uh, I'm very curious to see how many you'll get and whether or not you'll get them in the right order. I am most curious to see what do you think 10 and 1 are. The middle ones, you know, it's a crapshoot. Yeah. Okay, so this is the best Marvel horror stories? Top 10 best horror-themed Marvel comic stories. Right. Now, so most of, of them all... are, like, they're pretty explicitly dealing with the horror people, Um or, you know, thereabouts. It's not like, here's, uh, I don't know, well, Iron okay. Man. First of all, there's definitely you know. going to be the the most famous, I think, famously successful Marvel, Marvel horror story that they could sell as a horror story mm-hmm. is uh, Craven's Last Hunt. And that would, I would assume, be somewhere on this list. Do you want me to be telling you yes or no as you go, or do you want to do the y- whole thing? I don't think uh, this is possible for me to do the whole thing. I don't think I'm that clever. (laughs) Uh, Well, you would be wrong. 
Crave's Last Dance is nowhere on this list. Nowhere on this list. I think um, it, it leans God. much more into the spooky. So, like, is Cap Wolf on this list? No, surprisingly. Um, maybe Cap Wolf is, like, too cool of a pick for CBR. Maybe I'm being too indie. Um, <laughs> okay, so I gotta be more traditional. I mean, there's definitely gonna be... Okay, there's gonna be some Ghost Rider on this list, for example. And, um, I... Here's the, here's where my, like, lack of rolling deep with Ghost Rider is gonna be, Trey. I mean, like, I know that uh, Jason Aaron's Ghost Rider I've read some of, and I enjoy it, and it's pretty well regarded. And mm-hmm. I think his most famous story was called, like, Heaven and Hell or something like that? You were right that there is a Ghost Rider story on here, but that is not the one. That is not the one, but it's, is it, so I, I'm not gonna be able to get, I'm not gonna know the title. I'm not gonna be able to guess better than, like, Jason Aaron's Ghost Rider. No, it was not Jason Aaron's Ghost Rider. It so is, not even, it is I didn't much get the writer Um, so there is a Ghost Rider, a classic Ghost Rider there, story. A classic Ghost Rider story on this list. What, what's the name of the classic Ghost Rider story? I do not know it. Rise of the Midnight Suns. Okay, so Rise of the Midnight Suns, um, that's from the 90s. I, here's... Here's where I'm coming in. I know what the Midnight Suns are. Even when I was a kid, a little kid, like eight years old, buying comics at the quarter bin sometimes, I would pick up Midnight Suns sometimes, and I know about them, but I've never, like, bought a collection. I don't, I don't, and I don't know, like, the lore and the publication history of, like, Midnight Suns stuff. Gotcha. That's, like, about as deep as I roll with this. So I'm guessing also um, CBR is going to favor a lot of first appearances, and Man Thing's uh, first appearance around the thing that I've seen collected as a giant size Man Thing. Uh, that one is not on this list. Let me let me help you a little bit. Uh, yeah, I'm just, because... I, I, we're gonna, I said before uh, during the commercial that this was going to be a little bit like a love it or leave it game, yeah. and you laughed at that, which makes me think that you're the kind of neoliberal bitch that I am who likes love it or leave it. <laughs> that means that, yeah, I'm just going to kind of guess it, and you're going to give me the points or not as you think I deserve it, and then at the end I'll win or not as you think I deserve it. Well, we it's a Marvel game, so you're competing for a no prize. <laughs> well, that's perfect then. That's, that's lovely and wonderful. Um, of all of these, after you told me that Rise of the Midnight Suns, which I should have just double checked, was a '90s story, all of these are they're running recent, uh, except for one of them, uh, which there's one classic horror, Marvel horror, and then all of the others are have a recency bias of, you know, 2000s to now, except for Rise of the Midnight Suns. Well, I'm going to then chalk this up to uh, sometimes when you're writing listicles, you're uh, thinking about readability more than you're thinking about like uh, – Is ma- it good? Well, so sometimes you're trying to make like a definitive list so you want to include like first appearances and classic stuff and it's like a yeah. real like survey course uh, listicle 101 type mm-hmm. rundown of like the greatest Avenger stories ever told. You're definitely going to want to have Avengers Under Siege even though that's a pretty dense comic that I wouldn't give to somebody new to comics. Mm-hmm. And then there is, like, the uh, the list of, like, if I was making a reading list of trades to collect, these are the ones I would give you. So now that I'm getting the vibe for this list, I'm going to say that that one we mentioned, the Dennis Hopeless Legion of Monsters with uh, Juan Doe. That's got to be there, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, is that the specific one? Potentially. It just says Legion of Monsters. <laughs> Um, but I'm guessing it's that one. There have been other, like, less celebrated Legion of Monsters miniseries here and there. I'm also going to guess, then, that um, there's probably... Actually, I think it is the less celebrated one, because it says, The story includes helping Red Hulk, who is bothered by a truly evil spirit. Yeah, I... No, I think that might have been the helpless one. That was during oh. Red, Red Hulk Mania. Oh, okay. Um, I'll, we'll have to look that up specifically. Um, in addition, then they're probably going to have uh, some Carnage stuff because there's been a lot of Carnage, good hor- Carnage horror in the last while. Wow, you're swinging a miss. 
There's no Carnage stuff though. No Carnage. I'm also very shocked at that. This list is baffling to me. Okay, dear readers, I thought that this would be like a cute thing where we were going to learn about like uh, uh, Marvel horror and how it's critically uh, regarded. But clearly, clearly (laughs) the criticism of Marvel horror uh, needs uh, questioning. So I think Elias and I are probably going to come back to you with our own list of Marvel horror stuff. Maybe that's the project of this podcast now is to come up with the Marvel horror like uh, canon reading order or something. Because I've read enough of it to do that. Well, there's not that much of it, but this li- this list is uh, really disappointing me because I would say that um, Ab- Absolute Carnage, if I was doing a recency bias, was like a really successful spooky horror story. Um, and well, not I think that, this then... was this was published before. Oh no, that was Extreme Carnage. And uh, Carnage USA was a pretty creepy, spooky Carnage story. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So this is not working for me. And then my I might be really striking out on this game, Elias. And then um, I was gonna guess, but now I don't think so. Like, uh, there's a lot of X Men vampire stuff um Mm -hmm. i know that curse of the mutants which is the x-men fight a war against dracula's son Mm -hmm. crazy event is not well regarded by critics but i have a soft spot for it i think the part where the priest turns iceman blesses iceman so that his ice is holy water and then he can zap vampires in half is delightful and made me laugh and i'm gonna guess that this uh cbr listicle maker feels the same way and that curse of the mutants is on the list you would be correct. Curse of the Mutants is on this list. Play a sound effect or something. That's uh, I don't I don't have a soundboard here. Um, now I'm really baffled. So like, um, there's a lot of good Spider-Man horror. And I can't remember some of my original guess. Is there any Spider-Man on this list? Um, not specifically. No. So like, uh, because I love a lot of there's a lot of really upsetting, scary stories where uh, the lizard is menacing people and he's like a monster. No, nothing. Nothing. Spider. Spidey on ongoing. Nothing. Spidey solo. Moon Knight though. Is there Moon Knight? Not solo. Um. So it's got to be like Avengers stuff, or like is this all like um? There is that recent Howling Commandos comedy series. <laughs> no, that's not on here. Um. Okay. Well, I might be <laughs> really striking out on this list. I'm. I'm guessing. Um. Everything that I would be including here. There was also like, um, <clears throat> there's this recent uh, Sleepwalker miniseries that was pretty creepy. Nope, not on here either. I think that one leaned a little too uh, 90s cosmic. Yeah, that's kind of a different vibe for horror stuff. Yeah. So, um, which characters am I leaving? I'm just thinking, what characters am I leaving out? There's been a lot of like, um, yeah, just, you gotta hit me. I'm, I'm baffled. Okay. I am baffled you didn't get this bottom one. It's Werewolf by Night. <laughs> We spent so much time talking about it. Oh, I forgot that. Yeah, I guess I should have just guessed it. Yeah, <laughs> that's you know what. And when we talked about him, what I say, I said that he was forgettable. And then what I go and do, forget him. Yep. Uh, number nine was the death of Dracula, which is a two thousand and one one shot little arc thing. That was the a tie into Curse of the Mutants. Yeah. Oh wow. So I'm number mad- eight. Is Rise of the Midnight Suns, and number seven is Curse of the Mutants. So I got the some of the back half of the list. Okay, mm-hmm. number six really pushes it because it's Monsters Unleashed. Oh, Do that you event! That event was that a Cullen Bunn was the mastermind behind that event. It was. I and love it the spun idea. Off into a series. I love the idea of that and I event, and I was reading all of the monster descriptions and the promo marketing stuff they were doing mm-hmm. for it, and then I read the. I didn't even finish the events by issue four. I think I had forgotten it existed. Oh my goodness. How sad. That's yeah. That's always sad when you're when you're doing that. So the midpoint of the list, number five, damnation. Damnation. Which was, yeah, which was the event 
after Secret Empire, where Doctor Strange, it was uh, Donny Cates' second arc, which also was a crossover, uh, and it was his second and final arc, where he essentially put Doctor Strange in Las Vegas, Las Vegas became hell, and then Mephisto got stuck in Las Vegas, and a bunch oh. of uh, spooky Marvel characters showed up. You know, I've read Marvel comics where Mephisto is in Vegas, but I never knew how he got there. So you just yep. explained that to me. This was how. Um, it was okay. It sounds definitely, okay. Definitely less fun than Loki, Sorcerer Supreme. I didn't read any of this stuff. I I was like... Uh, it was eight issues of, of Donny Cates on <laughs> on that title. Then there's he was just, gone. There was just all these... Uh, I remember there's a bunch of Donny Cates land stuff happening that I kind of skipped over because um, all of it seemed too weird to be permanent and none of it sounded interesting enough to stick with, you know? Yeah, yeah. They were fun stories on their own. Again, I loved the Loki one. And it had Gabriel Hernandez, uh, Walta. Uh, yeah. Well, the, I mean, if there's one thing. Amazing. S- snobbery is silly because uh, yeah. often when you, when you look back, you're just like, oh, it turns out a lot of talented people worked hard on this. Because comic fans always get uh, oh, yeah. snobbish over a Wikipedia entry's worth of information. <laughs> and, and so much of the quality of the comic happens in how it's made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so number four was the Legion of Monsters. Uh, but the promo art that's given is just so far away from Wando that that's why I'm like, is this? It must have been like something from something else. It either could have been a follow up miniseries, and then they included that issue in this collection or something. Mm, maybe. Uh, and then number three was Shadowland, which was this Defenders cross. Shadowland. Yeah. I just never would consider Shadowland a. The first thing I would not consider Shadowland is horror, and the second thing I wouldn't consider Shadowland is good. <laughs> well, apparently he because Daredevil gets possessed, it counts as horror. Um, uh, yeah, and there's Moon like Knight a is there. sure. I mean, uh, everything you're saying is true, and I have read every crossover of Shadowland, and the best crossover part is the Thunderbolts. FYI, read those Thunderbolts issues, ladies and gents. <laughs> uh, number two is Spirits of Vengeance, which is a recent miniseries horror thing i don't know what up what was up with that one but it's number two uh and then number one which i'm also surprised you never brought up uh because it is pretty quintessential marvel marvel horror in the 2000s and you were talking about zombie mania oh of course how could i forget about marvel zombies the what if episode that took the world by storm yeah so sorry that's so foolish of me (laughs) yeah marvel zombies is a phenomena um, written by Mr. Walking Dead himself. Mm-hmm. It's pretty, it's one of those series that have had a lot of longevity. Yeah. For good and for real. For good or for real. I've read a bunch of the Marvel Zombie stuff. A lot of it is, um, you know, it, it, it does what, with that premise, what people who like that sort of thing would like. I'll put it that way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that was the list. Uh, now we have a second game, which will hopefully be a little bit, uh, it'll award more points. Don't underestimate uh, how uh, foolish I can be in these situations. Yeah. I expect you to get less than 50% of this list. So oh, I have put together as much as uh, as many Marvel series that are horror-themed uh, horror as I could. Um, there are a couple on here that you're going to scratch your head and go, what? Why? A bunch of them you're going to go, that existed? And a few of them you're going to go, oh, how did I forget that? Um, That's kind of. I'm sure people who are listening to this are going to be like, "You forgot X, Y, Z." There is no good central place where I could find a lot of the miniseries, or you know, there were books that lasted three issues and then they were canceled. I tried to get as many of those as I could, but 
um, and reiterations of books are not going to be on here. So, for example, I'm not going to have set. There aren't seven different werewolf by nights, even if they like had slightly different titles. Sure, and I well, that's it wouldn't be a fun game because I could not guess seven different world by night yeah, volumes. Exactly. My first guess is going to be World by Night. <laughs> uh, you are are correct. That's on the list. How did you get it? I'm also going to say that probably on the list would be a Tomb of Dracula, which was the popular Marvel horror anthology. Yep, that one's on here as well. Um, where a lot of the characters uh, first appeared. I also like uh, so I have, I'm gonna have to. You're the maker of this list, right? I have to figure out what your um what you do and don't count as horror. Like you would count Moon Knight. I take it that's from our earlier conversation. Yes. You would be correct. I did count Moon Knight. I think that's cool. I think probably most runs of Moon Knight have used the horror genre. Mm-hmm. And I mean, um, you got to start in Werewolf by Night. Yeah, and the, but then the Bendis run, which I think is probably one of the most widely read these days, it is not horror almost at all, which is really interesting. Or it's a very different sort of horror. Yeah, he, he leans more... He likes crime, the crime noir stuff. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, <laughs> Blade, we talked about at great length. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ghost Rider. Mm-hmm. When Blade and Ghost Rider team up, that's often called the uh, the Midnight Suns. There is a Midnight Suns on this list, if I can find it. Clearly, I should have put this in alphabetical order. I'll just look away. <laughs> nah, that's no fun. Shoot, so you're trying to include, like, horror-themed ongoings, right? So, like, uh, you're not going to include, like, the Bloodstone stories from Captain America. Who knows? I, I'm asking, did you include oh, the Bloodstone you're asking? stories? Oh. Um... I don't know which story. I think that was that was Captain America's Weird Tales, right? I don't know if it was it was published as that, but I would publish it as that because they were yeah. weird. Was tales. this like early Captain America? Um, not like early, early Captain America. I'm not sure if it's the one you're thinking, but apparently you put something called Captain America Weird Tales. I'm just talking yeah. about a story where Captain America fought uh, Ulysses Bloodstone, who ends up uh, being the father of Elsa Bloodstone. And uh, mm-hmm. the, is the origin of the Marvel Universe of the artifact known as the Bloodstone. And just uh, Captain America does horror sometimes, you guys, and it's pretty weird and cool. Yeah, so I don't think that's what this was. Uh, I tried to do ones that there are a couple that, like I said, that aren't like this. But Captain America's Weird Tales were the final two issues of the first Captain America series published under Marvel's banner. They retitled the series to be this. Um, also, just so you know, ahead of time, I don't have Frankencastle on this because I, I missed it. Didn't so. know it existed. Didn't know did it you, existed. Did you include any other Punisher on this list? No, right. I just, did not. Earlier, you kind of were asking, implying that maybe you thought Punisher should count. And I thought that was interesting. That's well, cool. I was, I wasn't sure, but it, I want, I wanted to know, and I kind of wanted to spark the discussion of, well, where does his brand of, because like Garth Ennis writes really messed up stuff really well, but I was like. What do you consider like what he does in Preacher horror? Do you consider what he does in Punisher horror? I definitely would count what he did in um at Aftershock. There was that that mini series, a twelve issue series that I can't remember the name of now. You're talking that about was definitely horror. Crossed over at Avatar. Uh, well, yeah. There's also that. Oh uh, yeah, just uh, uh but the, we, what's uh we got Marvel books to figure out. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, shoot. So um. There's a bunch of those early anthologies I'm definitely forgetting. <laughs> this is you, you like this because I'm always telling you up with trivia stuff, right? And now you're just like, oh, yeah, when well, you're taking me to task for it. <laughs> a little bit. Um, no, that's fair. That's fair. Well, uh, Doctor Strange surely is included on this list here and there. Yep. 
I don't know what stories you would include, though. Like, I would include a Triumph and Torment, which I want to read with you one day, where he fights Doctor Doom for the uh, fights Satan with Doctor Doom for the soul of Doctor Doom's mom. That sounds amazing. Yeah, with uh, it's one of Mike Mignola's fa- first credits in all of comics. Oh wow! Yeah, it's a real, real. We should read it someday. A story, but I'm guessing mm-hmm. you didn't include that because you don't seem to know it. No. But you definitely included Marvel Zombies. I did, uh, and when I included Doctor Strange, kind of just as as a know. catch-all. Yeah, makes sense. There, there I, won't yeah. be any like you won't see the the death of Dracula on this list or uh you know curse of whatever whatever that X Men story was. Yeah, curse of the mutants when they had X Men yeah. deal with vampire stuff like more often than people realize. I think. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things. Yeah. Um. Regardless, what else is a horror series? I mean, Son of Satan has gotten his own series over time. He has. And I'm guessing you probably would count um, Hellcat has gotten her own uh, stuff over time. And I bet uh, – and that's all pretty horror Interestingly, I don't have her on the list. Oh, I would probably uh, – I think I would count her, but I just thought of that, so what do I know? I haven't read enough Hellcat. Um, she was married to Son of Satan in the 70s, and she had a bunch of uh, horror stuff then. Well, that would, they were be, just that like, would do it. Yeah, well, they were just like, uh, hey, her name is Hellcat. Why doesn't she fight demons? Um, <laughs> did you include, like, in, so no X-Men stuff, no Inferno, nothing like that? No. And I, like I said, I tried to include just the name of series that kind of stood on their own or were, you know, anthologies or that kind of stuff. Uh, there aren't are no specific arcs of books. So, like, well, if, you think, like you going... if you think a book had a significant amount of horror stuff, then I just put the title you know of the book yeah um well i might be i okay i i mean we talked about this every length before did i mention man thing no i did not mention man thing not yet i meant this is me mentioning man thing and man thing had a bunch of series over time i don't know how many you included but i'm saying man thing in general at least yeah i just i just put man thing as man thing um, this is tough, because now this is a game of just getting into your head, because based on your surprise before, I don't think you included any symbiote stuff, even though Venom and Carnage stories run horror. No, I should have. No, so, I should have put something like Absolute Carnage. What, with the haunted mental asylums and that and all? Yeah. I'm trying to remember other, like, uh, like Midnight Sunsy stuff. Because, mm-hmm. like, uh, there, oh, Legion of Monsters, I didn't mention. That's when the mummy, the, the living mummy and uh, Werewolf by Night and Morbius team up, usually. They are... As far as I know, they should be on the list. I didn't put it on the list. But I definitely was thinking of it. I just forgot to write it down. Well, walk me through, Elias. What else am I forgetting? Well, you're you're missing a lot of the anthologies. Like, you have yet to really try to tackle those weird anthologies. Uh, and that's most of what, what remains. There's a lot so, of classic... Okay, so like stuff like um, Tales to Astonish. Mm-hmm. And weird tales, right? These sorts of titles. Yeah. And so this is stuff that is published under Marvel and Marvel owns, but it's kind of weird because uh, the continuity between uh, Timely Comics and then Atlas Comics and then Marvel Comics, people think of as all being one continuous company. But in a way, doesn't that mean that like Timely Comics eventually turned into Disney Disney Comics? You know what I mean? It's like uh, the corporate mm. ownership over those particular titles sort of matters, but at the same time, they were all different. I, I don't know uh, that a, a lot of – Marvel would certainly like to tell you that those are Marvel comics, but I wonder. Yeah, I think well, I think Timely didn't purchase something else to become Marvel. I think it rebranded and or uh, – I don't – yeah, I think it just rebranded. No, Atlas and Timely, I think, merged, and then they became Marvel. I mean – 
that makes a lot of sense, but... But I think I think it would be a little bit different because also most of these are most of these are post Marvel like Marvel Marvel but yeah a lot of the uh, a lot of the uh, I also counted some of the timely magazines because they continued into Marvel's tenure yeah well so like Astonishing Tales you have there do you also have Tales to Astonish which was a different title. No, I didn't have Tales to Astonish. I, I also don't know, um, uh, and Journey into Mystery definitely did a bunch of horror stuff early in the run, right? Mm-hmm, but I didn't write that down. That's weird. I definitely, when I was when I was making this list, I came across those, and then I just didn't carry them over, I guess. I feel like I've been, uh, I've been guessing as... But those uh, two, as, 100%. But I feel like I've guessed as many that you didn't have on your list uh, as then me not guessing ones that you did have on your list, and that's got to count for something. <laughs> You you get a couple more no points, right? Uh, the, to win my no prize, I don't know why I'm getting uh, getting uh, snooty about it. Um, but help me out. What are some of the other the, the other anthologies? Well, just gonna do a little da, cleaning da, da. up. Da, 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 da. Well, these first two on my list, we had strange tales and supernatural thrillers, and you'll notice a lot of these titles are gonna be real generic. Yeah, it's funny because uh, Strange Tales, sure, I just uh, is real generic, but Supernatural Thrillers I've definitely never heard of. Yeah, Supernatural Thrillers was uh, 1970s. It ran for 15 issues. Um, the first uh, <laughs> the first issue cover is Supernatural Thrillers featuring It from the world-famous chiller by Theodore Sturgeon, the thing that couldn't die. And it had I'm a pretty lot sure of... I've seen mm-hmm. a lot of those words worked into modern Marvel continuity, although I've never read this story. But I, I just feel like I feel mm-hmm. like Theodore Sturgeon has shown up in a Man Thing comic. I just like um one of the fun things about this history is I love the Marvel writers. Uh, Ed Brubaker used to do this in a lot of fun ways. Al Ewing carries that tradition on today, mm-hmm. where they like dive into these old pre superhero Marvel stuff and like work it into the superhero backstories. Totally, that's like a totally fun thing. So. The real claim to fame for supernatural thrillers, uh, if you could call it that, is it featured the initial appearance uh, and stories of the living mummy. Right, and so the living mummy, he ends up going on different than the living pharaoh, but he goes Mm -hmm. on to uh, be a a cornerstone of the Legion of Monsters. Yes, so that is one of those one of those older. Well, that was a seventies one. The 70s really is are, are where a lot more of these titles are coming up. Well, that's when they start challenging the comics code yeah. for the first time. So now we've got Dead of Night, Marvel Spotlight. Oh, sure. Marvel Spotlight did a lot of stuff, including mm-hmm. horror. Uh, Dead yeah. of Night I've never heard of. Dead of Night is another one of those short-lived uh, 70s ones. Uh, it seems like it was – it may have been a reprint series mostly – I'm like always the... interested mm-hmm. in in comics fandom. I often have this moment where you go from being um, feeling overwhelmed by the thing to realizing that you can wrap your head around it. So you just tell me there's something called Dead of Night, and now I'm like I'm completely unmoored. But once I have a better like a lay of the land, and I know what the public scene landscape like like looked like, who some of the regular artists were in that scene, you'll suddenly see. Oh yeah, that was that famously failed miniseries that had some cool ideas but never took off just like uh i i when you transition from being someone who doesn't get it to someone who gets it that's a really fun moment that yeah. happens sometimes okay so it looks like dead of night was actually a, a entirely reprint from previous 
previous anthology comics, like oh, that Adventures like into che- Weird Worlds and Marvel Tales. But that's a little bit cheating. Uncanny Tales. Yeah, well, look, a lot of these are like that. Uh, but they were they were a series, and they had the title. Uh, um, and yeah, then... that's why uh, there's like 46 issues of X-Men that shouldn't count by any stretch of the imagination. They technically <laughs> do. Uh, then there was Marvel Chillers. That's a great name, actually. I love Marvel it Chillers. Is. It's I I don't know. Is this another interesting? It's it features a lot of Tigra, the Werewoman. That is interesting. Uh, I don't know if it's a reprint. I don't think it's a reprint. Well, we that sounds like something. See, now we, we should be going back and reading about Tigra the Werewoman. It turns out that sounds awesome. Yeah. No, this was this was another original one. It lasted for like six issues. Um, and then Marvel Team Up, which uh, and this other one, Marvel Two and One. Both of sure, which sure, I've read issues from both those series. Yeah, I don't know if I we would necessarily count them as horror, but they definitely featured horror uh, characters and whatnot. So these next two, well, this first one you're probably gonna you're gonna nod along and be like, "Oh, I forgot, Incredible Hulk." Right, right. We had a conversation about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't put Immortal Hulk on here because it fell under that banner and whatnot. That banner. The, pun not intended. The Fantastic Four. Sure. Uh, the horror of Ben Grimm, although, you know, at that point we started, uh, I think we're really gilding the lily. I think I think now you'll really think about that with the Avengers. Yeah, that is not a, a horror book, even though sometimes no. I guess they're sad. The, there Spider-Man are horror stories in it. So a lot, of, a lot of those titles were from the Marvel Horror Omnibus. They reprinted stories from all of these different books. Uh, I see. So I well, took, I see. I took the title from there. This is such a way a librarian would approach this this list. <laughs> zombie from nineteen seventy three. Zombie Zombie. I don't. I don't know this book. I'm familiar, of course, with Marvel Zombies, plural, which I did not guess on your list technically. No, but there Marvel is zombies. a. Um, the character was created initially for. Another one on this list. Where is it? Down here. Another on this list, the comic uh, magazine Menace. No relation uh, it, to the Spider-Man villain, I take it. No. Uh, and he was published then in a series called Tales of the Zombie. Uh, I think later on just talked about as zombie. Uh, but he does show up in Marvel Zombies 4. Interesting. That's fun. Zombie. Uh, that is uh, one of those other characters. There's an actual named Simon William Garth is Marvel's The Zombie. Uh, Steve Gerber was mostly responsible for the stories, uh, but he was created by Stanley and Bill Everett for Menace. Um, yeah, I mean, that's got a real pedigree. Never heard of that character. That's cool. That's a legacy yeah. character I would like to know more about. Uh, Haunt of Horror. Monsters Unleashed from 1973, which I was just not... an anthology of monsters. I did not know about either of these, but yeah, that makes sense. That that's the kind of stuff they're doing. <laughs> yeah, uh, Haunt of Horror tended to Haunt of Horror lasted two whole issues. It was oh, well, really short lived. I, I uh, shot at that. <laughs> it was one of those. So apparently, there was a whole era of black and white um, horror comics that really lasted only one or two issues because they were magazines. Uh, and they, you know, they were published under Marvel's magazine arm. It was really weird. Uh, and then there's also Bizarre Adventures. Yeah, and mm-hmm. th- these were printed in, like, black and white, which was much cheaper, and that's how they could kind of get away. It was like it had this whole underground publishing vibe. Yeah. 
Yeah, how many issues did Bizarre Adventures last? That lasted two years. Um, 20-something, 30-something issues, Bizarre Adventures. It was in the 80s. I'm sure there are some characters I've heard of who I would look up their first appearance and only to find that it was Son Bizarre of Adventures. Santa. Son of Santa, you say? <laughs> Son of Santa. I mean, that's pretty funny, actually. Yeah. I was indignant for a second, and I'm over it. That's hilarious. <laughs> Uh, his name is Nick Norris, the son of Santa. I don't know if he's ever appeared in anything else. This is just that... making me want all these characters to come back. I want a revival of Son of right? Santa. And I, I don't, I'm surprised you didn't say Tales of Suspense. I was just literally, I was like Tales to Astonish. I was going through all yeah. of them. I, I forgot the title Tales to Suspense. I knew yeah. I was missing one. And then we've got Morbius, the living vampire. Oh yeah, he's had his own ongoing uh, now and again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got. I had Tales of the Zombie twice. We have Adventures into Fear. That title I am familiar with. Actually. And Vampire Tales. And like Vampire Tales is generic enough that I'm like, oh yeah, I'm sure they had something called Vampire Tales. They were doing yeah, all sorts yeah. of stuff like that. Vampire Tales. Another one of those black and white magazines, but that one ran for 11 issues. I mean, that's all cool. Are you, uh, I'm most intrigued by this zombie character that was created by, uh, by the founders, you know? Mm-hmm. No, zombies showed up a... Uh, a few times. He's a lot of fun. Yeah, just um, sometimes there's a character, a scary character, a horror, very horror-appropriate character called The Fury, who is from uh, Marvel UK Comics. Mm-hmm. His, uh, he says, I'm The Fury and I kill superheroes. That's his catchphrase. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And a bunch of British guys of a certain age have played with him before. He's gotten brought back in all sorts of comics. Mm. He was in Excalibur as a villain, and uh, he was brought back. And then with Claremont Allen Davis Excalibur, and then Kieran Gillen has used him. Al Ewing has used him. Um, I've seen uh, Abnett and Lanning have put him in stuff. Just like British guys of a certain age love the, the Fury as a mm-hmm. Marvel villain. Wow. That's... Huh. And that, so that's I I'm love sure, when like, that it, happens. Right. And so I love the Fury for that reason, and I'm sure I could follow the zombie in the same way, right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, Vampire Tales Introduce Satana. There you go. Yeah, there we that, go. that title sounded familiar to me, but yep. it's also so generic that it could be anything. <laughs> and there's another one that I forgot to put on the list that I counted like four times, just why I thought it was there. Dracula Lives. Dracula Lives? Yeah, they had yeah. a lot of Dracula title ones. A lot they of did. Marvel did a surprising amount of Dracula stuff. Uh, and then there were there was Haunt of Horror and Masters of Terror. Of course. Of sure. course. Why wouldn't there be? And then these are three more modern series. Night Stalkers, Darkhold, Pages from the Book of Sins. You might have said that one. I did not. I mean, I might, I mean Darkhold, I'm familiar with the concept, but I, did not, I don't think I remembered it. And Midnight Suns Unlimited. What was that? Is that, that was modern, you say? Uh, yeah. So Night Stalkers was a 90s series, which was Rise of the Midnight Suns. Uh, and then Midnight Suns Unlimited... Was from was another '90s one. Featured Johnny Blaze, Darkhold, Night Stalkers, Morbius. Ooh, it ran for uh, seven issues or nine issues. I feel like I I might have read one of these, but I can't tell any of them apart. I'm gonna go <laughs> back and see that I reviewed all three of these or something. I wouldn't be surprised. And then we've got two more, which another two more anthologies: Chamber of Darkness, which eventually, which for a while went by Monsters on the Prowl. And Tower of Shadows slash Creatures on the Loose. Both of these were more monster books. I love those. I mean, those titles are so silly. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's the list I got. Uh, I well, that's sure a crazy I've list. Left that's... Some off, but I wanted to get as many of those weird anthologies as I could. 
as with all lists, this list told me less about the thing it's purporting to be a list of and more about how you make lists. <laughs> well, in this case, how I make lists. Yeah, and the way you make your lists is very representative of uh, being a librarian. <laughs> Why, thank you. <laughs> I spent a lot of t- my time with librarians. Yeah, uh, we're we're good people. We try. Yeah, I'll, I'll stand. For, I'll stand for them as as a people. But uh, that was fun. Yeah, the zombie one is the one that intrigues me most, and that that's uh, I think that's uh, that's ultimately the point is to, yeah. to learn stuff you didn't know and to find the the one thing you might want to follow up on. Exactly. Well, thank that's you. That's all I got that for together. today. No, that's cool. I think before we wrap up today, uh, we should uh, just check in with one of our ongoing features, and that is your uh, Marvel Heavyweight Championship belt. Since our last oh, episode we recorded the lies, has uh, what was your pick for last time? Do you recall? Uh, I should. I. Oh God, what was it? Well, for me, my la- uh, last month I picked. Uh, Al Ewing's Immortal Hulk, and mm-hmm. nothing I have read in the last month has dethroned it. That uh, his that finale has me so excited. It's clearly like a comic of like mythic destiny. It's one of the comics we're gonna remember for decades to come. And just Immortal Hulk is like so tremendous, and I love it. Yeah, I well clearly I don't remember <laughs> my book. Um, so uh, you're 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 catching me. You caught me off guard. Well, you you had you thought about a lot of things uh, for this week's episode, but what would you say this month is your uh, number one pick for a Marvel book? Oh, I think I said Beta Ray Bill. I, that's an agreeable it had, pick. Yeah, I think it had just been it had just blown me away, and I enjoyed it so much. Have you read anything this month that was better than Beta Ray Bill? That was better than Beta Ray Bill. That's the exercise. That's the heavyweight belt. Mm. Has the champion been dethroned? I know. I don't. I don't know if I've read anything that's hit as hard or been as successful at doing what it wanted to do. But because, like, damn. Yeah, that's what happens that, sometimes. Sometimes that book. But I could tell you one. The one book that I thought the most about. What's that? Much as I wish I hadn't. Is that Spider Man? It is. Yeah, we've thought a lot about Spider-Man, folks. We're reading Amazing Spider-Man. Nick Spencer's run is kind of winding down. We might uh, have a lot more to say about Spider-Man in the future, but we are uh, unhappy as as Spider-Man readers. I think it'll be done by the time this episode launches. Yeah, that's Um, why I think we're probably going to have to talk about our feelings in retrospect. Yeah, we we tend to do better in retrospect anyway. Ah, that's definitely true. And next time, we will be reading Silver Surfer Requiem by uh, J. Michael Straczynski and Asad Ribic. Uh, it's a four-issue miniseries, and we figured that, you know, best way to do something to close out the the November season would be to read something that's, you know, kind of tied back to what we just did for 12 weeks. Or 12 episodes, 24 weeks. God, that's a long time. Anyway, uh, it's four issues. You can find it on Marvel Unlimited. You can also find it uh, collected in trade, either from Hoopla, if your library has it in print, if your library has it in print from your local book or comic store, uh, or, uh, you know, wherever you get your digital comics uh, or print comics. But in the meanwhile, Elias, if people want to uh, get your up-to-the-minute feelings about Spider-Man or recommendations of obscure Marvel spooky characters from the 70s, where can they find such opinions? They can find me on Twitter at Quetzal-ish, that's Q-U-E-T-Z-E-L-I-S-H, 
Uh, if you rearrange the letters, turn down the lights, light a few candles, and then all put your hands on a first edition of Curse of the Man thing, you will be able to summon me uh, with hot takes. You can also find me writing on uh, multiversitycomics.com, where uh, who knows what I'm doing right now. Uh, we'll see. I think Riverdale might have returned, might be returning soon from its weird, like, one-month break in between seasons. Because, you know, COVID broke the TV industry, but not enough, apparently. Broke everything just enough. Yeah. Just enough to be uh, to be weird. Where can um, they find you, Jake, on the larger interwebs? Um, I could be found uh, writing all sorts of things about X-Men on uh, multiversitycomics.com um, and sometimes other stuff, too. And you can find me on Twitter at rambling underscore moose. And you don't have to, like, swear anything or light any candles for me, but if you're going to invoke an issue for me, be it giant size man thing, Elias can have the curse of the man thing. <laughs> I like my man things. Uh, high page counts. <laughs> Excelsior.